Welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 15. My name's Tom Kershaw, and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. This week, I'll have a look at some E3 2019 predictions and get into Owlboy for Nintendo Switch. In the news this week, Sony and Microsoft team up on cloud gaming, Nintendo reveal a whole host of detail about Super Mario Maker 2, and Red Dead Online gets a huge update. So it's a packed show, let's get into it. Welcome to the show everyone, I hope you're well and you're having a good week. I'm good this week, uh, having spent the weekend at home uh, visiting family, Uh, but outside of video games this week, uh, we've seen Manchester City lift the Premier League title and then win the FA Cup yesterday in a 6-0 demolition job on Watford, so Elton John can't be happy with that one. So well played to Manchester City though, as they've clearly been the best team this season. In the long-running saga of the Game of Thrones board game with friends, that finally came to a head this week with Baratheon taking the crown and winning the game with a fantastic move. So Stark was poised for victory, only to find out that Salandor San was there with his ships to prevent defeat for Baratheon in Crackclaw Point. So it seemed inevitable that Stark or Martell was going to take victory, but Baratheon held out and had the most castles at the end of round 10, leading him to victory in Westeros. So congratulations goes out to Chris on a great game and a legendary move that will no doubt be talked about for some time. So, a little spoiler warning for next, I'm going to talk about the Game of Thrones TV show. So if you haven't seen episode 5 of season 8, do fast forward uh, about a minute because we're going to talk spoilers. In other Game of Thrones news this week, Danny went full Mad Queen and did the heel turn, burning down King's Landing in the process. So the internet has erupted and a petition has been created to remake season 8 and so far we've got over a million signatures to get this done. So it did seem a little bit out of character for Danny to do what she did but it'll be interesting to see how Tyrion and Jon react this week in the final episode of the current story of Game of Thrones. So we do have the uh, prequel series coming up next year which is going to tell us the story of the Targaryen dynasty and uh, that should be out sometime in 2020. I think we're talking about April or maybe summer. Uh, But both season 7 and season 8 do seem to have been a little bit rushed this time, so ever since they got ahead of the books. Um, But in good news, George R.R. Martin is still writing the end of the books, so hopefully Windsor Winter will come out soon, and maybe we'll get the ending we all want. Or maybe it'll be the same. Who knows? (laughs) So that's it for non-gaming-related stuff this week. Let's get into what I've been playing this week.
So this week I've mainly been playing Owlboy, which is a fantastic game on Nintendo Switch. So Owlboy is a charming Metroidvania style game that encompasses fun gameplay, great graphics, fantastic soundtrack and a heartwarming story. So the Nintendo Switch has a wealth of these types of games to choose from, so standing out from the crowd takes something a little bit special, and Owlboy definitely has that certain something. Owlboy is a retro-style, side-scrolling platform game that stands out amongst the competition in that genre. It's got a charming cast of characters and emotive moments in the game that really make it stand out from the crowd. There's many moments in the game that allows you to connect with the main protagonist, Otis, in ways rarely seen in other games. So development started for this game back in 2007 and was in development for some time. There's a small team behind Owlboy in the D-pad studio, but the craft and the level of polish on this game is truly impressive. So Otis, he's an apprentice owl learning his craft and doing his best to learn from those around him. He's the runt of the village and the butt of many jokes, but he's determined. So we start the game with Otis, our main hero in the game, and he's learning from his tutors. He's a little bit down on his luck, and he doesn't seem to be able to do anything right in the eyes of the elder owls. Otis is learning to fly, and doesn't seem to be doing a great job of that, um, something which he's reminded of by his teacher. Then there's this dream sequence where Otis is suffering from voices torturing him and evil eyes sneering. So it's a powerful scene that really connects us with Otis. So as Otis wakes up, he's sent over to watch the town as the villagers have heard that pirates have been spotted. So we've been asked to keep watch by our master. And this is the first opportunity for us to take to the skies in this impressive, detailed and charming levels. So Otis flies around and he talks to a few characters, including his close buddy Geddy. And then a stranger is spotted in the village. So we pick up Geddy, who defend us from local bullies, and we head on down to the caves to investigate a stranger. Here we're introduced to the first dungeon-style encounter, making our way through caves, solving puzzles, and using Geddy's pistol attack to defeat enemies. So gameplay in Owlboy is really, really fun. Otis himself can fly around free of any timer or stamina gauge, which is a really refreshing feature in a game like this. So more often than not, when we fly around in games, we're limited by a timer. However, having the freedom to fly where and when we want is great. The flying mechanic is central to the gameplay. So Otis doesn't have many attacks other than a simple spin. However, that's not going to do much other than stun certain enemies. So by teaming up with other characters like Geddy, that extends the gameplay options in Owlboy to great effect. So Geddy's got a short-range pistol, which allows us to fly around and shoot at will. And there's other characters that we can team up with later in the game, which switch things up even further. The graphics in Owlboy are very impressive indeed, with a pixel art style that's both retro in feel, but also modern in style. The detail that goes into the impressive character design and the emotion the characters portray um, with such a limited number of pixels is really impressive. And the art style adds up to the overall sense of the game's charm. The graphics also have an impressive parallax layers breathing life into the environments. And the soundtrack for Owlboy is as impressive as the graphics. The soaring music and the triumphant moments is a joy to listen to and the perfect audio to accompany the action. There's also melancholic music as well when the story takes a sad turn. The music is absolutely superb and some of the best seen on an indie title on the Nintendo Switch. 
Owlboy is enjoyable from start to end. The story is charming and the gameplay is fun. I played the game on the move on my Nintendo Switch and it was perfect to dip in and out from. The main story isn't too long, coming in about 10 hours in total, but the story from start to finish kept me wanting to come back for more. So charming is a word that's heavily associated with this game, but once you start playing you immediately understand why. I sat on the fence for some time with Owlboy, but since I finished the game I wonder what took me so long to play it. The only criticism of the game would be that sometimes Otis and friends feel a little bit limited and the lack of the overall world map would be a nice addition. Otherwise, the game is a perfect execution of the side-scrolling platform genre and it would fit nicely into anyone's Nintendo Switch collection. So the game was developed by D-Pad Studio. It's out on Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One, PC and Mac. And originally it was released on November the 1st, 2016 on PC. And then it was released on February the 13th, 2018 on Nintendo Switch. And overall, we gave it an 85 out of 100. So yeah, fantastic stuff there from Owlboy. Really, really enjoyed it and uh, thoroughly recommend picking it up to anyone who has a Nintendo Switch. Okay, so that's it for what I've been playing this week. Next up, we're going to take a look at some E3 2019 predictions. So E3 2019 is just around the corner, which means a whole host of new games and maybe even consoles will be announced. I thought it'd be fun to make a few E3 2019 predictions before the event. And then we can go back afterwards and check out and see how we did. So E3, it's like Christmas for gamers, where we get glimpses of new games, hardware, as well as all the weird and wonderful press conferences. Here's looking at you, Ubisoft. (laughs) So E3 2019 is a little different from other years. Um, Sony's pulled out of the main press conference this year, leaving a big gap in the schedule. And it's not clear at this time who, if anyone, is going to fill that slot. That leaves Microsoft as the only one from the so-called Big Three to put on a good show. So let's run down the press conference schedule. So we've got Microsoft at 9pm on Sunday the 9th of June. Bethesda at 1.30am on Monday the 10th of June. Uh, Devolver Digital at 3am on Monday the 10th of June. Uh, We've got the PC Gamer Show, that's 6pm on Monday the 10th of June. And the Limited Run Games, that's 8pm Monday the 10th of June as well. And then finally on Monday the 10th of June we've got Ubisoft at 9pm on Monday. We've also got Square Enix, that's 2am on Tuesday the 11th of June, and all times there are in British summertime. Uh, We've also got video announcements as well, Um, so EA Play, that's going to be 7pm on Saturday the 8th of June. We've got Nintendo Direct, that's 5pm on Tuesday the 11th of June. Uh, And we're probably going to get a Sony State of Play as well, although we haven't got a date and time associated with that one uh, just yet. Anyway, so that's the rundown of the uh, press conferences and the video announcements. Let's get into some E3 2019 predictions. So first up, Microsoft unveiled Project xCloud. So they've been discussing the Project xCloud for some time, uh, but E3 2019 may be the time where they set a date for the rollout or maybe even the pricing details. And it's likely we're going to see some demos on devices and some more details about the Azure infrastructure. So with the release of the diskless Xbox recently, Microsoft's going to be wanting to promote the download or streaming future, and E3 could be the perfect time with Sony not being there. So my prediction for this one 
uh, is going to be a release date and pricing for Microsoft's Project xCloud. So next up, Microsoft unveils Xbox Project Scarlet. With Sony not being at the show, it's likely that Microsoft is going to want to take full advantage of the space and announce their next generation consoles. So rumours have been out there on the internet of Project Scarlet for some time, with maybe two consoles set for release. So Xbox will likely show off tech specs, pricing and release windows as well. And if 2020 dates are to be believed, then E3 2019 is the year to seriously start talking about it. Sony recently spoke to Wired and went into depth about their new console, so Microsoft will want to demonstrate that they have the technical prowess to go up against them in the next phase of the console wars. They'll also want to have learned something um, from the last generation where the launch of Xbox One got off to a really rocky start and they were on the back foot from the beginning. And this led to them always being behind in the current generation. So my prediction here is uh, Microsoft unveiled two consoles, tech specs, a release window and pricing. So next up we've got Xbox Game Pass. So Microsoft have been focusing on Xbox Game Pass recently by announcing new Xbox Live and Game Pass bundles. So with their focus on software as a service, it wouldn't be a surprise to see Xbox Game Pass come to PC. We've also had rumours for some time that Xbox Live is coming to Nintendo Switch, but maybe those rumours have been wrong, and maybe it's Xbox Game Pass which is coming to Nintendo Switch. It's a long shot, but perhaps a tantalising one. So my prediction for E3 2019 with Xbox Game Pass is we're going to have it coming to PC, but actually I don't think yet it's going to be coming to Nintendo Switch. That may be something for 2020. Next up, we've got Halo Infinite. And Halo Infinite was announced last year with a short trailer, uh, but we haven't really heard anything since then. I'd imagine 343 will be back this year with more details about the Halo project, complete with a release date, and it's likely to be a launch title for the new Xbox, mirroring the original Xbox release. So if you want to see a trailer for Halo Infinite that was shown last year at E3 2018, then go to thisweekinvideogames.com and type in E3 2019 predictions and you'll see the Halo Infinite trailer there. But my prediction here is we're going to get a release date, gameplay and uh, it's going to be a launch title for the new Xbox. So next up, uh, related to Microsoft and Xbox as well, we've got Ninja Theory. So Microsoft purchased Ninja Theory as part of their studio acquisition plans to develop more first-party titles for Xbox. So we haven't heard anything from Ninja Theory yet on what exactly they're going to be making for Microsoft. However, E3 2019 is a fantastic opportunity to show off whatever's been in the works for some time. So my prediction here is a new IP reveal from Ninja Theory. Next up, we've got Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, so recently we got a trailer in the state of play from Sony, and we've been promised more details in June. So this E3 could be the year when we finally get a release date for this long-awaited project. And we also don't know many details about the episodic nature of the current game either, so I'm predicting that we're going to get more details about how it's going to be rolled out. So the prediction here for Final Fantasy VII Remake is uh, release date, gameplay and details of the episodic rollout. So next up we've got Cyberpunk 2077 and last year we got a behind closed doors look at the game which was later released on YouTube. This year I think we're going to get something a bit more playable and a release date. However I don't think this is going to be released in 2019. 
it's more likely to be a 2020 release date with next generation consoles in mind. So my prediction for Cyberpunk 2077 is a release date, gameplay, a playable demo, and it's going to be a launch title for the new Xbox and PlayStation. Next up, we've got Doom Eternal. And last year, we got the announcement that Doom Eternal was coming out, but nothing really more since then. So it's likely that Doom Eternal is going to release later in 2019. So gameplay, release date and a content plan is a likely topic for discussion at Bethesda's uh, press conference. So my prediction here for Doom Eternal is a release date, gameplay and a playable demo. Next up, we've got the Avengers game. So Square Enix announced the Avengers game back in 2017, but we haven't heard many details since then. So the game is being developed by Crystal Dynamics, who developed Tomb Raider, and Idios Montreal of uh, Juice X. So former Naughty Dog and Visceral Games execs have joined the leadership team, so we've got a whole host of talent in that project. But we don't know much about the game. This year will be the year where Square go in depth. So my prediction for E3 2019 is a gameplay reveal of the Avengers game. So next up, we've got Metroid Prime. So Metroid Prime 4 was pushed back earlier this year when we had an announcement from Nintendo saying it wasn't going to plan and that development had been handed over to Retro Studios. Therefore, I think it's going to be some time and we're probably going to have to be a little bit patient. However, I believe that Metroid Prime 1, 2 and 3 is going to be ported to Nintendo Switch and released in 2020 to tide us over. So my prediction here is the Metroid Prime Trilogy is going to be released on Nintendo Switch in 2020, but we're probably not going to get anything of Metroid Prime 4. Next up, we've got Assassin's Creed Ragnarok. So Assassin's Creed has taken a break in 2019, but it's going to be back in 2020. And I understand that the next game is going to feature Vikings, and apparently the game is called Assassin's Creed Ragnarok. So perhaps it's going to be more Sailing the Seven Seas like Black Flag. So my prediction for E3 2019 is we're going to get a trailer, gameplay and a release date for Assassin's Creed Ragnarok. Next up we've got Splinter Cell. Uh, So Ubisoft are apparently working on a few AAA titles at the moment and one of them could be a new Splinter Cell game. So we haven't seen anything from the Splinter Cell series since 2013, except a few teasers in other Ubisoft games. So 2019 is about right for the development cycle of a new title, and we could see a trailer. So my prediction here is we're going to get a new trailer for the Splinter Cell series. Next up, we've got Animal Crossing, and fans have been calling for a new Animal Crossing game for some time. Um, With Pokemon likely to be the main event for Nintendo this year, maybe we're going to get a trailer for the new Animal Crossing game. This was a wildly successful game on other Nintendo platforms and is going to be a huge crowd pleaser. So my prediction for this year's E3 is we're going to get a trailer for Animal Crossing, but maybe no gameplay. So next up, this is a hopeful one for Legend of Zelda on Nintendo Switch. We know that Link's Awakening Remaster is coming to Nintendo Switch, but we don't know exactly when. So it's likely we're going to get more gameplay and a firm release date. More of a long shot would be that a new Legend of Zelda title in the Breath of the Wild engine is going to be shown. So it's been two years since the release of the previous game, and using the Breath of the Wild engine, fans have been hoping that they could release a direct sequel fairly quickly. So we haven't heard anything just yet, 
but this would likely be the headline act of any Nintendo Direct. A full trailer for any new Zelda game is unlikely, but perhaps a teaser to let fans know something is development. That could happen. So my prediction here for Legend of Zelda is we're going to get a Link's Awakening release date and a new teaser trailer for a mainline Zelda game on Nintendo Switch. So next up we've got Donkey Kong, and uh, we haven't had a mainline Donkey Kong game for some time. The last we heard from the Donkey Kong universe was Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze on Nintendo Switch, and that was released in 2018. However, that was a port of a Wii U game. And Donkey Kong Country Returns, that was released on Wii in 2010. And Retro Studios, as we know, they've been brought in to uh, fix Metroid Prime 4 development. However, I predict here that we're going to get a trailer for a new mainline Donkey Kong game. Next up, we've got Dragon Age 4. And uh, poor old Bioware haven't had a really good time recently. Uh, Anthem didn't do very well. Mass Effect Andromeda didn't do very well. And we heard rumours of bad working practices at the studios to get the games out. And if the rumours are to be believed, then the team working on Anthem has now been switched to Dragon Age 4. So it could be that we see something new from that team, but I think it's only going to be a trailer. And next up we've got Bethesda, and again Bethesda a studio which haven't had a great 12 months with Fallout 76 coming out and flopping pretty hard. Hopefully we'll see some plans to overhaul the game, as well as some quality of life fixes too. Um, I think it's too early for Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 gameplay, however we may get a trailer for Starfield. But my prediction for Bethesda's press conference is a Fallout 76 complete overhaul and we're going to get a Starfield trailer but no gameplay. Okay, so finally, I think Last of Us Part 2, it was a huge part of Sony's presentation last year at E3 2018, and I think we're going to get more gameplay, and perhaps even a release date at this year's event. So rather than hold off for another year, I think this game's going to be coming out in 2019, and probably release on current-gen consoles like PS4 and Xbox One. Now Sony's release day is gone, they're going to want to start promoting their next first-party title, and my money's on Last of Us Part 2 coming out later this year. So my prediction here is we're going to get a playable demo of Last of Us Part 2, gameplay, and a release date. Right, so that's it for my E3 2019 predictions. And uh, E3 starts on Tuesday, June the 11th, 2019 in LA. And you can check out more info about E3 on their website. Um, so if you go to thisweekinvideogames.com and type in E3 2019 and you'll find a link to E3's website uh, which includes tickets, schedule and uh, how to watch if you're not able to go. Right, so that's it for E3 2019 predictions. And uh, don't forget, if you enjoy This Week in Video Games, uh, do head on over to iTunes and leave us a nice review. It really, really helps us get the word out. Uh, yeah, so head on over to um, iTunes on um, over on the web or on any device and uh, search up This Week in Video Games podcast. And if you leave us a nice review, that would be very much appreciated. And don't forget as well, This Week in Video Games is also on YouTube where we've got a dedicated YouTube channel. All of the archive of the podcast goes up there and uh, I do pick out highlights of the podcast as well. Uh, things like reviews and interviews and features so go to YouTube and search up This Week in Video Games and uh, do subscribe to the channel and join in the conversation there in the comments. Uh, it'd be great to have you there. And uh, yeah, check out all that great content on YouTube. Okay, so that's it for the promotion of This Week in Video Games on other platforms. Uh, next up, let's go into the news. 
So first up in the news this week, we've got Sony and Microsoft teaming up. And Sony and Microsoft have announced this week that they're going to team up to partner on new innovations to enhance customer experiences in their direct-to-consumer entertainment platforms and AI solutions. Now, that is a bit of a PR-wordy mouthful. Uh, But essentially, the companies are going to work together on cloud gaming solutions, with Microsoft Azure at the core of the partnership. So recently, Google announced their Stadia initiative, um, where they're going to use their data centers all around the world to power streaming services to deliver console-quality gaming experiences direct to your device across mobile platforms, tablets, and all kinds of things like that. Um, So Microsoft have previously discussed their project xCloud, which is going to do something similar and are likely to reveal more details at the upcoming E3 showcase event in June. However, we haven't really heard much from Sony regarding cloud gaming until now. So unlike Google and Microsoft, um, it was believed that um, Sony didn't have the infrastructure in place to rival the other companies. This move may come as a surprise to some, as Microsoft and Sony are in direct competition in the console gaming market. However, some strategic partnership does make sense in the face of Google coming into the market, as they have deep pockets and a worldwide technology base already installed. So it's likely that Sony is going to invest significant sums of money into the cloud gaming infrastructure offered by Microsoft, perhaps offsetting some of the cost um, for Microsoft by allowing them to rent out some of their hardware, much like Amazon do with AWS and other companies. So Microsoft appeared to be offering their Azure cloud infrastructure with Sony offering their cutting-edge image sensors to develop new AI solutions. So furthermore, on the AI front, uh, both companies are looking to explore Microsoft's advanced AI platform and tools with Sony's consumer products uh, to provide highly intuitive and user-friendly AI solutions. So again, that's a bit sort of um, wordy and PR, but that may mean that AI solutions are coming to other Sony products like TVs or in-home technology uh, solutions as well. In the press release then, a company said uh, PlayStation itself came about through the integration of creativity and technology. Our mission is to seamlessly evolve this platform as one that continues to deliver the best and most immersive entertainment experiences together with a cloud environment that ensures the best possible experience anytime and anywhere. For many years, Microsoft has been a key business partner for us, though of course the two companies have also been competing in some areas. I believe that our joint development of future cloud solutions will contribute greatly to the advancement of interactive content. And additionally, I hope that in the areas of semiconductors and AI, leveraging each company's cutting-edge technology in a mutually complementary way will lead to creation of new value for society. So... Really interesting there, and uh, it will be good to see where this partnership goes as both are about to release new consoles. So, does this mean that the PS5 is going to run a cloud gaming service using Microsoft Azure infrastructure? And is this an indication that both companies are worried about Google entering the market and are willing to team up to fend off the newcomer? Uh, Well, I guess just watch this space as this story will unfold in the coming months. Okay, so next up, Super Mario Maker 2 details have been revealed and Nintendo showed off loads of new details in Super Mario Maker 2 this week in a jam-packed Nintendo Direct which was focused on the upcoming game. So we've got loads of features here including slopes, uh, on-off switches, uh, snake blocks, seesaws, we've got swinging hooks which can fling Mario across the screen, 
Uh, we've got dry bone shell as well, which you can climb into and uh, hide from lava, leaving him invincible for a short amount of time. And there's a whole bunch of new sound effects as well. We've got custom scrolling levels, including vertical scrolling. Uh, there's also water levels as well, which can be created by setting the level of the water and timers on that water rising and falling. Uh, lava levels as well can also be created in a similar template. You can set clear conditions on levels uh, to wins, including no deaths or collecting coins. Uh, we've got new game styles as well, in including Mario 3D World, uh, including Cat Mario and Clear Pipes. Although 3D Mario World uh, features cannot be applied to other levels. There's also room in the new game styles menu for more styles, which is super exciting. Um, so yet to be announced um, in the new styles there, but everyone is hoping for Super Mario Bros. 2. We've got new themes as well, including snow, desert, forest and day and night as well. We've got the night levels. They mix up the levels, including upside down in underground and the ice is even more slippery on the snow levels. And the items in night mode also change as well. And we saw kind of a poisonous uh, mushroom floating around, which looked really, really interesting. Uh, we've also got moons. Um, so they're the complete opposite of angry suns. So if you catch a moon, that allows you to kill all enemies on screen at once. Uh, we've got co-op level creation for two players. We've got story mode, which looks, uh, looks pretty cool. And um, you can take on other people's levels in Course World, uh, which you're going to need a Nintendo Switch Online account for. Um, and so it, it's all been overhauled from the original Super Mario Maker. It looks um, much simpler. Uh, and you can browse levels by difficulty, location, genre and uh, popularity. Um, 100 Man Mario has also been replaced by the Endless Challenge, which uh, allows you to take on an infinite amount of random Mario levels. And also we've got local multiplayer for up to four players as well. And it's a little bit of a shame um, we haven't got a four-player multiplayer online, um, but I guess testing those levels um, is going to be super hard. So hopefully this is just the first step for getting four-player uh, multiplayer into Super Mario Maker 2. Um, right, so you can check out the full Nintendo Direct for Super Mario Maker 2 on thisweekinvideogames.com. Uh, just go over to the website and type in Super Mario Maker 2 and uh, you'll find the full Nintendo Direct there. Move, boss. That's easy enough. Are you okay? I'm fine. Here, this is for you. A flower? Okay, so next up, we've got the Final Fantasy VII Remake trailer. And Sony has been discussing the Final Fantasy VII Remake since it was announced last week during the State of Play. And apparently the main staff have reunited for this remake of the classic Final Fantasy Adventure. And we've got more details to come in June as we covered in the E3 2019 predictions. Uh, so Cloud and the gang are back in this Final Fantasy VII remake of the original PlayStation title coming to PS4. Um, the original game came out in 1997 and uh, was released on the original PlayStation, although it has been recently re-released on Nintendo Switch. 
so if you don't want to wait for the remake, you can go out there and get it right now and you can play it on the go. Uh, you can check out the full details on PlayStation's blog um, if you go to thisweekinvideogames.com and type in Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, you'll find the link to PlayStation's blog there. Okay, so next up, uh, we got bans for piggybacking in Apex Legends. And Respawn have issued a warning to players against this practice uh, called piggybacking in their latest update to fans posted on Reddit this week. So piggybacking is where players enter games and don't do anything only to gain XP just by being there. Um, they don't collect weapons, they don't fire a gun, they don't do anything. They're just kind of AFK and uh, really just kind of ruin the game for everyone. They're just there for the free XP and uh, really aren't doing anything. So Respawn, good on Respawn for noticing this. Um, they said this in their latest update. Uh, so we've been seeing um, some feedback from players around this and we've been doing some internal investigations looking at game data to understand how many of the matches are being played and affected by this behaviour. So after looking at the data and internal discussions, we've decided that in the future we're going to start providing temporary bans for players that exhibit piggybacking behaviour and extreme cases that could lead to a permanent ban. This change won't be immediate, but we wanted to give a heads up to players so you can adjust uh, your behaviour. Uh, so the team behind Apex Legends, they've been pretty damn good at going after cheaters and players trying to ruin other fun times. So this latest attempt to prevent players from getting a free ride should definitely be applauded. Okay, so next up, the Division 2 raid came out on the 16th of May, and uh, earlier in the week, Ubisoft announced the Division 2 raid that was going to come on Thursday the 16th of May, and the raid is called Operation Dark Hours, and allows eight players to team up and take on some of the most challenging endgame content in the game. So Ubisoft said... Um, despite Sierra's best efforts to contain the outbreak at the Washington National Airport, the situation quickly became untenable, resulting in the airport being coated in DC-62 and subsequently abandoned. Uh, when the Black Tusk arrived in DC, they set up shop in the now derelict airport. And it's up to you and seven friends to flush them out, and you'll be challenged not only on your skill, but your ability to analyse, adapt and cooperate. So, yeah, as we said, the raid was released on the 16th of May. And uh, to start the raid, um, if you've got the Division 2 and you haven't jumped into the raid yet, um, you're going to need to go to the helicopter pilot at the base of operations. And that unlocks a new raid tab on the social menu, allowing everyone to jump in. Uh, so, as with other raids in other games, the loot drops will be one of the main incentives in the game. Um, so we've got new gear sets, uh, an exotic weapon and vanity items. They're going to become available uh, for players to grind and chase. Uh, there's also exclusive rewards for the team that gets to World First and the teams that also beat it during the first week. So you still got up until next Thursday. So if you want to get those exclusive rewards for being it in the first week, uh, then you can do so. Um, and to be able to get into the raid, you have to be level 30 and reached uh, world tier 5 and have a, gear, a minimum gear score of 490. Uh, so you don't need a full party of 8, but Ubisoft have said the difficulty is not going to scale depending on how many people are in your team. So if you do go in with under 8 players, you're probably going to have a tough time. Uh, so the Division 2 raid is also run on a weekly timer and um, the boss loot is only going to be dropping once a week. Um, but you can still grind the raid uh, with no additional loot dropping uh, throughout that week if you do want to practice. 
Um, and Division 2, they put in a lot of effort into their end game, and this is just the next step in the quest to give players incentive to keep playing. Uh, so if you want to find out more about that, go to the website, check out thisweekinvideogames.com, uh, type in the Division 2 raid, and uh, you'll see a link out to various websites for how to get involved in that. Order don't exist no more in this chaos of a world. Thought long and hard about ethics. We will finish this thing one way or another. About responsibility. My mistress asked me to remind you of why you have your freedom. About rule of law. Okay, I'll be back until every decent person in this town is dead. And I decided I'd just do this. Hey, ain't this just a day to be thankful for? Here's where I stab you all in the back. Shouldn't imagine they would kill us in broad daylight, but you never know. Okay, so next up in the news, we've got Red Dead Online has been given a huge update this week. And uh, it's finally come out of beta. Um, so it's added new co-op missions, free roam activities, and poker alongside quality of life updates as well. Um, so the Land of Opportunities presents new missions for the Jessica LeClerc saga. Uh, we've got a new story in both honourable and dishonourable modes. Uh, so after the showdown in Fort Mercer that finished up the last missions, players help LeClerc get closer to the truth concerning her husband's murder. So on the Honourable Gunslinger path, uh, players get to battle the Del Lobos gang and help Marshal Tom Davies save Valentine. And on the Dishonourable track, um, on the Outlaw Strand, uh, players must assist Samson Fitch in a highway robbery and pull off an ambitious bank job. Both paths lead to a showdown in Blackwater. Uh, there's new free roam missions as well, expanding with new characters and the story of Red Dead Redemption 2. And there's a variety of new and diverse mission types. So bring your posse to meet with Thomas the Skiff Captain down in Bayou Noir and uh, for some honest work or visit the Aberdeen Pig Farmers uh, to get your hands dirty. Uh, we've got competitive fishing is now available on demand as well in one of the new three posse versus challenges. So posse leaders uh, can use the playing menu to trigger posse competitions in the biggest fish contest. Uh, you can shoot the most birds in the bird shooting contest or you can pick up the most plants in the herb picking contest as well. And there's new dynamic events as you make your way across the lands with the townsfolk and the travellers in need of assistance. Uh, or perhaps outlaws, they're looking to prey on lone riders. Um, so XP, cash and honour and even gold are all up for grabs. Players can now visit poker tables across towns and outposts uh, where you can challenge friends in private matches uh, but you can also set up a public table uh, where buy-ins and rewards are even higher. Uh, so poker tables set up to six players and are available in St. Denis, uh, Blackwater, Valentine, Tumbleweed and Flatneck Station as well. And uh, finally we've got Overrun. It's a new showdown mode where holding territory is the name of the game. Uh, so you work your way behind enemy lines, uh, capture territory from your opponents and while defending what's yours... And whoever holds the most land at the end is the winner. So more is going to be added to Red Dead Online soon, including more free roam characters and new showdown modes. But there's a whole load of stuff been added to Red Dead Online this week. So if you haven't checked it out yet, 
Um, now is the time to jump in because they've been tweaking it and tuning it over the last few months. And yeah, now is a fantastic time to jump in. And you can read more over on Rockstar's blog. Uh, if you go to thisweekinvideogames.com, uh, type in Red Dead Online, and you'll see the article there, and uh, go over to Rockstar's blog to read the full information. Whew, whole load of news there. Uh, that's it for the news this week. Uh, next up, let's take a look at the charts. in the charts this week uh, no major manoeuvres looks largely the same as last week um, in at number 10 up 1 from 11 we've got Super Smash Brothers Ultimate holding steady there at number 9 we've got Forza Horizon 4 uh, down 1 from 7 to 8 we've got New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe and up 1 from 8 to 7 is Tom Clancy's Division 2 perhaps boosted by the raid that came out this week uh, and then holding there at number 6 we've got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, holding at number 5 we've got Grand Theft Auto 5 uh, number 4 Red Dead Redemption 2 and number 3 we've got FIFA 19 uh, holding steady there at number 2 we've got Mortal Kombat 11 and uh, still at number 1 we've got Days Gone so a largely unchanged chart there this week uh, we've had a few weeks of not really much uh, coming out but uh, Days Gone and Mortal Kombat 11 still seem to be selling really, really well. And uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, not too much movement in the charts this week. So we'll be back next week to check out the charts and see if anything can break into that top 10. Uh, but that's it for the charts for now. Let's see what we've got coming up next week. Okay, so coming up next week, we've got a whole bunch of stuff. So on May the 21st, we've got quite a lot of games. Uh, so we've got American Fugitive, that's coming out on PC and PS4. And we've got Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered, that's coming out on Nintendo Switch. And we've got Assassin's Creed Liberation Remastered, that's coming out on Switch as well. Um, Dauntless, that's coming out on PC, PS4 and Xbox One, that's finally coming out of beta. Uh, we've got Everybody's Golf VR, that's coming out on PSVR. So then we've got Observation, that's coming out on PC and PS4. And then we've got a whole host of Resident Evil remakes coming out on Nintendo Switch. So we've got Resident Evil Remake, uh, we've got Resident Evil Zero, and we've got Resident Evil 4 as well. They're all coming out on May the 21st. And we've also got Team Sonic Racing, that's coming out on PC, PS4, Xbox One and Nintendo Switch as well. Uh, then on May the 22nd, we've got one release, that's Ace Combat 7, uh, Skies Unknown, ADF-11F uh, Raven DLC. Uh, then on the 23rd of May, we've got a few games coming out. American Fugitive, that's coming out on the Nintendo Switch. We've got Conglomerate 451, that's coming out on PC. Uh, Pathologic 2, that's coming out on PC. Uh, we've got Tennis World Tour, uh, Roland Garros Edition, that's coming out on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Uh, we've got Total War Three Kingdoms, that's coming out on PC. And then finally, on the 23rd, we've got TT, Isle of Man, that's coming out on Nintendo Switch. And then finally, to round up the week, on the 24th of May, we've got American Fugitive, that's coming out on Xbox One. And then we've got Sword Art Online, uh... Halo Realization Deluxe Edition that's coming out on Nintendo Switch so a whole host of games coming out this week uh, I think just looking through that list Team Sonic Racing uh, Nintendo Switch that looks quite fun 
Uh, Resident Evil games, Resident Evil 4 coming out on Nintendo Switch, that looks really cool. And Dauntless finally coming out as well. Uh, I might try and pick that one up on either PC uh, or PS4. So yeah, loads to look forward to. Okay, so that's it for this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed This Week in Video Games this week. Uh, if you want to get involved in the show, do email us at uh, podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com or you can check out the latest news on the website every day. Uh, send in your questions, your comments and your video game stories. I'm always interested in hearing from you and uh, seeing how you're getting on with the games that we're talking about uh, this week. Uh, send in your E3 predictions as well. I'd love to hear from you to let, uh, let me know what you think is going to be coming at E3 this year. I'm also available on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube and Instagram. So search This Week in Video Games on your favourite platform and join in the conversation. Um, and if you'd like to support the show, then I've recently opened up a Patreon page, uh, um, patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games, where you can support the show. Uh, so you can access uh, new community features, newsletters, and for exclusive members, we've got bonus podcast episodes planned as well. If you'd like to support the show, please do go over to patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games and sign up and uh, support the show. That would be fantastic. Uh, So thank you once again for hanging out and chatting about video games. Uh, I hope you have a good week and I will talk to you next weekend. So for now, I'll see you soon.